Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Um, welcome to Live Free Church. My name is David, and I'm on staff here. If you're new or visiting, uh, which we've seen a lot of new faces this morning, welcome here. We're glad that you've joined us. Um, as Colby said, we are a church in pursuit of the unchurch, uh, which we would include the de-church, the used to go to church, that I'm a Christian, but I haven't found a church. We just want to say that you belong here. You're welcome here. Um, and we would love for you to join our movement. Um, of the passion that we have for reaching Kelowna with the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And, and we, we love Jesus here. Um, we love our city. And we want to see people set free in, in Jesus. And that's why we're called Live Free Church. But we're going through right now the gospel of Mark. And it's been really great, which is looking at Jesus' ministry all the way from uh, the beginning to the cross. And so we've been going a few weeks, and if you've missed any of our stuff, it's all on YouTube. Um, today we are looking at, at two ideas. We're looking at Jesus' opposition to um, religion in the context of Sabbath, and then we're answering the question, what is Sabbath? And if you've grown up around the church, maybe you've heard this word Sabbath before. Um, maybe you've practiced it, or maybe you haven't heard this word before. We're going to uh, talk about it. We're going to try and understand it. Um, and yeah, let's, uh, let's pray. If you would bow your heads with me, and then we'll get into uh, the passage. Father, thank you that we can be here, that we can gather as your church, and and God, I pray that we'd be able to hear from you today. I pray that you'd speak powerfully through your word as we read it, as we try to understand it. Lord, I pray for wisdom. I pray for understanding. I pray that you'd soften all of our hearts to hear what you have to say. Um, help us to worship you. Uh, we love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. If you have a Bible, you can flip to Mark 2, uh, verses 23, and then we're going to go to chapter 3, verses 6. But a little bit of context, Jesus has been well into his ministry. He's calling disciples, and we looked at the calling of Levi last week, and actually Levi preached that message. Um, and we see that Jesus is, is making the re religious elite, um, the Pharisees, really angry. Um, and and we're, we're seeing even today how more angry they're getting at, at Jesus' ministry. And so we see Jesus poking at some of their traditions, some of their rules that they've added, where, where they've taken good things from God, and they've added all these things on top, which has actually enslaved them. So if you have a Bible, I'm going to read from the CSB translation, uh, verses, chapter 2, verse 23. On the Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to make their way, picking some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, Have you never read what David and those who were with him did when he was in need and hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except for the priests, and also gave some to his companions. Then he told them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So then the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a shriveled hand. 
In order to accuse him, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. He told the man that with the shriveled hand, stand before us. Then he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they were silent. After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts and told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and his hand was restored. And immediately the Pharisees went out and started plotting with the Herodians against them how they might kill him. There's three ideas that I want to surface out of this passage. And the first one is that Jesus confronts religion. The second one is that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. And then the third thing is that he displays his authority. And so we're going to walk through sort of the, the passage and understand these different things. So the first idea is that, that Jesus actually confronts religion. I'm going to read verse 23 again. It said, On the Sabbath he was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to make their way, picking some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? So I think we need to take a step back and actually understand what the Sabbath is not before we can understand what the Sabbath is, which will give us some insight into why these Pharisees are just so angry. On the, on the one hand, I think Sabbath, um, I always think of like a day off uh, work. You know, you kick back and relax on a Sunday. You watch the game. For me, it's recently been disc golf, which is a little bit less boring than real golf. Uh, and, you know, you take a few naps and, and you just relax. But is that Sabbath? On the other hand, for Pharisees, they took it further. They, they had like 39 things that they were not allowed to do on the Sabbath. For example... They couldn't cook. They would have to prepare their meals the day before. They weren't allowed to carry anything. They weren't allowed to wash anything, write anything. They weren't allowed to extinguish anything. So if your house is on fire, you weren't allowed to put it out unless, with the one exception, that it's endangering to human life. So there's a lot of things they added to the law that said you cannot do these things on the Sabbath. And so you see there's almost actually two extremes here. You have irreligion, which says, I do nothing and I just relax. And then you have hyper-religion, which is, here's all these crazy rules I need to obey to find rest. Jesus comes in and he, he confronts and he's going to take away some of these rules and redefine Sabbath for us. Because both are misinterpretations of what Sabbath is. And the way he does that is he uses scripture. So the, the Pharisees, they confront Jesus for allowing the disciples to break Sabbath. And like a good attorney would to their client, Jesus gives a defense on behalf of the disciples. On verse 25, he says to them, Have you never read what David and those were with him did when he was in need and hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar the high priest and ate the bread of presence, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests. And he also gave some to his companions. This is a great moment. Like, I would have loved to have been a witness to Jesus saying this to the Pharisees, because what he basically just said, and you got to remember, these guys are, are smart people. They, they know their Old Testament really well. They're, they're educated. And Jesus basically just starts off by saying, have you ever even read your Bible? And that would have been so offensive to them. And to see their faces would have probably been a gift. But yet Jesus gives a point to, or a, an example to prove his point. And Without going too deep into it, Jesus points to an example in 1 Samuel 21, 1-6, which is in your Old Testament, 
where King David, um, someone who the Pharisees would have highly respected as a king, takes bread from the tabernacle, which was uh, God's portable earthly dwelling place, and gives it to his men who were hungry. And so basically the argument is this. If a hungry king, who the Pharisees greatly appreciated and loved, and his hungry men were permitted to eat holy bread from the tabernacle, then it was right for the Lord of the Sabbath to permit his men to eat the grain from the fields. And so here's the question. Is Jesus actually breaking any rules? In the eyes of the Pharisees, yes. They added all these things on top of the law, on top of the Sabbath that God originally intended. And so instead of actually the Sabbath being a blessing, it became a burden. But Jesus doesn't break any rules. The 39 rules that the the Pharisees had implemented onto their belief of Sabbath is not actually biblical. And Jesus is pointing that out. He says, I'm going to redefine Sabbath because you clearly don't know what it is. And so Jesus begins to tell us, which leads to this second idea that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. And this is the point of Jesus' lesson. Verse 27, then he told them the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So then the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. It's interesting. um, Jesus is not saying that the Sabbath is not relevant. He actually affirms the the Sabbath and, and even celebrates the need for rest. And that is what Sabbath partly is, is deep rest. But Jesus takes it a little bit further. And notice, he actually recenters Sabbath around his own identity. Jesus is saying, I am the Sabbath. He doesn't say, I'm Lord over the Sabbath. He says, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, Jesus is the deep rest that we are all in need of. Jesus is the source of rest that I think a lot of our tired souls and our bodies are actually longing for. So Jesus is agreeing. Sabbath is important. Taking a day to to take a mental and physical rest is really important. So important that God actually demonstrated it himself in the creation of the world. If you remember in Genesis, the very beginning of your Bible, God creates the heavens and the earth. He creates everything in six days, and then on the seventh day, he rests. But hold on. Jesus said Sabbath was created for man. Why did God need to rest after creation? Does God get tired? Does does God need rest? The answer is no, he's God. Instead, he's actually pointing to a deeper meaning and a deeper level behind Sabbath. Sabbath is resting, but as, as one commentator I read put it, it is being so utterly satisfied that you can say it's finished and you can rest. When God created the world, He was so satisfied in what he had created, in the work that he'd done, he he stepped back and said, it is finished, it's good. And then he rested. It was being so satisfied in what he had done. Now the problem for you and I is that we're rarely satisfied. And you cannot properly Sabbath or rest unless you are actually satisfied. And satisfaction in our, is so hard because our identity is often so attached in our insecurities more than they ever are in Christ. If I do a bit more work, people will be a little bit more impressed with me. If I do um, more good, people will think I'm a, I'm a good person. If I sacrifice a bit more time, 
people will think that I care about others. If I give more money, people will think I'm a little bit more generous. Whatever that insecurity is, and we all have them, Jesus is saying, you're never going to find that satisfaction in your work. And it's true, you can never do enough. Jesus says, instead, you find that in me. And when you find your identity in Christ, not in what you do, but in what Christ has done, that's when you're going to find satisfaction. That's when you're going to find true and deep rest. There's this great verse that comes before the passage. This same um, story is in the Gospel of Matthew as well. And there's this passage that comes right before this story that I'm going to read. And it's, I'm reading it from the message translation because it, it says it so well. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So Jesus says that right before we got to our passage today. And I think some of you are really tired. And I'm not meaning just sleepy. I mean like to the depths of your core, you are just tired. You got nothing left to give. I think some of you are worn out. You've been giving everything you got, and there's just nothing left to give. I think some of you are burned out on religion, and I get it. One of the things that COVID taught us was that there's a lot of stuff we were doing, even in the church, that, that was because of tradition, and it ended up just burning us out. And some of you, maybe that's been your church experience, and you're just, you're tired. Jesus is saying, stop making rules that enslave you. Instead, follow me, and I'll free you. Christianity is not, we say this all the time, Christianity is not about a religion. It's actually about a relationship with God that's possible through Jesus. We have to stop doing things for Jesus that he doesn't ask us to do. Instead, refocus that on just being with Jesus. We're all looking for rest, deep rest. And Jesus says, come to me and you'll find it. The Pharisees didn't get it. They wanted the rules, all these things they had in place to lead them to rest, but it never did. Let's take that further. Religion says, keep all these rules and you will find rest. Do all these things and you'll find rest. On the other hand, irreligion says, don't do anything and you'll find rest. But neither of those things actually find rest. Jesus is saying, the gospel is saying, I am the rest that you're looking for. And how is Jesus the rest that you're looking for? Well, remember at creation, God creates for six days. He takes a step back, utterly satisfied in what he has created, and says it is finished. Well, after that, we know that sin came into the world and, and everything God created got distorted. And today we live in the effects of a sinful world. We're all sinners ourselves. And, and when Jesus went to the cross for our redemption, the last words that Jesus says is it is finished. One author put it this way. On the cross, Jesus is saying, of the work underneath your work, the thing that, true, that makes you truly weary 
this need to prove yourself because who you are and what you do are never good enough, that is finished. And that's where the gospel comes in. Jesus, Jesus lived that perfect life that you should have lived, but you couldn't. Jesus died that death that we all should have died, but he did it for us. And if you put your faith and your hope and your trust in Jesus, if you come to him, all of you who are tired, who are weary, who are worn out, who are burnt out on religion, you will find rest. You will be satisfied in who you are, no matter what you've done, because Jesus gives you a new life, which is his life. He gives you a new identity, which is his identity. And that identity is that you're beloved, you're adopted, you're a child of God, you're forgiven, you're seen, you're a great worth to God, not because of what you've done, not because of the work that you do, but because of what Christ has actually done for you. And in that, he will give you the deep rest of the soul that your soul is longing for. And that's what Sabbath is. Sabbath is resting that. It's taking a day to remember that. It is taking a day to recenter your life around that, around Jesus. It is taking a day to experience the rest that Jesus wants you to experience that is only found in him. That's the Sabbath our soul needs. The minute you add rules, you've turned Sabbath into a religion and not into a relationship. The Pharisees didn't get it. They thought their rest was found in the rules. And Jesus is saying, no, Sabbath is a gift of grace to you where you will find deep rest. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And that's a, that's a claim only God can make. And we've seen up to this point in Mark that Jesus can heal, that Jesus can forgive sin, and that Jesus is actually Lord of everything, including the Sabbath. Now the, fire, the Pharisees, are they're fired up because Jesus has basically just stripped away everything they thought the Sabbath was. And so they are angry. And so Jesus actually takes it even a step further to prove his authority. And that's the third thing, is that Jesus displays his authority. In, in chapter 3, verse 1, Jesus entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a shriveled hand. In order to accuse him, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. He told the man with the shriveled hand, stand before us. Then he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they were silent. After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts and told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and his hand was restored. Immediately the Pharisees went out and started plotting with the Herodians against him, how they might kill him. It's kind of sad. Jesus is really angry. He's angry, but he's also like deeply grieved at the hardness of the Pharisees' heart. The Pharisees loved their rules, their traditions, more than they loved the welfare and the suffering of a hu another human being. And that's the danger of religion. It can harden your heart. On the one hand, religion puts rules in place that don't ever allow you to ever extend mercy, and that's what the Pharisees did. That grieves God, and Jesus is saying, you've missed the point. On the other hand, irreligion looks like apathy. I don't care enough about that person to do or say or extend mercy to that person. I think both of those grieve God. 
And we, always, we all have a tendency to one or the other. Are you a rule follower or do you tend to be apathetic? And this is again where Jesus says, actually, there's only one solution, and it is the gospel. We extend mercy because we've been given mercy by God. We love people because we've been loved by God. We engage our world because Jesus engaged us. We forgive because we've been forgiven. That Sabbath is a grace from God for you and for I. And Jesus shows that is, is also an opportunity to extend grace and mercy to others. The rules of the Pharisees didn't allow them to extend that grace or that mercy. And Jesus redefines and says, people matter more than the rules. And so maybe the question I have is, are there things in your life that don't allow you to extend mercy to others? It could be religion. It could be irreligion. Jesus says, follow me, and I'll actually show you how it's done. If you remember back to that passage in, in Matthew that we read, he says, if you follow me, you're not going to get burned out doing that either. You will get burned out doing religion and irreligion. But if you follow Jesus, you won't. Now, the Pharisees were so angry that Jesus broke their traditions that they actually started plotting with the Herodians how to kill Jesus. Now, this is significant. The Pharisees and the Herodians are complete opposites. The Herodians supported the corrupt, evil kings uh, like King Herod. They were an immoral group of people. They would be like the irreligious. And on the other end, the Pharisees are hyper-religious. They have all these rules, and yet both these extremes, they start plotting together how to kill Jesus. Both of them hate Jesus because he was shaking things up for the good. He was establishing a new kingdom on earth. And we're going to see that as we continue to go through the gospel of Mark, that Jesus is establishing his kingdom on earth, and it's making anyone opposed really angry. Now let's, let's step back for a moment because I think some of you might still be confused on Sabbath. Because we've heard a, lot of, a bit of theory on it, but what do I do? And here's the thing, I'm not going to give you any rules because then it becomes religion. Instead, I'm going to give you suggestions. And depending on how God has wired you, it could look very different from one person to the other. Sabbath involves a deep rest with God. It's a, a recentering of your identity around the person of Jesus. It's removing distractions. It's taking a day off work to reorient your life around Jesus. But it could look like serving, loving, extending grace and mercy to others. We saw that's what Jesus did on the Sabbath. It could be spending time with Jesus in his word, reading your Bible. It could be going on a walk with Jesus. It could be taking a, a step away from your busy life and just living in this unforced rhythm of grace that Jesus offers. It could be worship. It could be spending a day with your family and inviting Jesus to be a part of that. It could be spending time in prayer. There's a lot of things it could be. For me, one of my uh, favorite things to do is to go up in the mountains to a, to a small, quiet lake I have like a little canoe that I've put um, a little electric trolling motor on, and it's a time where I can just be. There's usually no cell service. No one can contact me. There's very little distraction. 
It's just quiet. It's calm. Sometimes some excitement if I catch a fish. But it's a place where I can reflect and just be in the presence of God, where I can look at the mountains and the trees and you know, think about the fact that, that God created all this. To take a step, he took a step back and he's, he, the same scenery I'm looking at, he said this is good, that he was satisfied with it. And then as I look at it, I can be satisfied in what he has created and worship him. That's an ideal Sabbath for me. Does that happen all the time? Hardly. But we're called to Sabbath, which means rest and spending time in the presence of God. And I don't, I don't know what that looks like for you, but I pray that you would find a day in your week to be able to seek God, to reorient your life around who he is. Sabbath is a picture of eternity. The Sabbath is not a commandment we are bound to. It's a promise we're invited to. It is a picture of eternity with Jesus where creation will be at rest, where sin will be no more, the effects of sin will be no more, and it'll be at rest, where we will have new bodies, new perspectives, and ultimately we will have the presence of Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath, where true rest is found. At this time, I'm going to invite the band to come up. It's been interesting. Um, I have a, a baby on the way. And one of the things I've been doing is spending a lot of time preparing for the baby to come by like researching and spending all this time looking at different gear, like strollers, clothes, car seats, all sorts of stuff. And as I've spent intentional time researching and entering this, this whole new world for me, I've become aware of things that I've never been aware of before. For example, every time I go to a store or the mall, I'm always now checking out what people have their different strollers, the different stuff that they have. And it's stuff I never noticed before, but I only noticed when I actually became aware of that world. And so the point is, when you enter a new world, a new perspective, you start to notice things you didn't notice before. When you practice Sabbath, and you intentionally reorient your life, recenter your life around Jesus, the gospel becomes actually your, your world. And I believe you'll begin to actually see people who are in need of the same mercy and the same rest that you are in need of. You'll be aware of the people around you that you were never aware of before, that you just didn't see until Jesus started to open your eyes to it. If we want to be a church in pursuit of the unchurched, we need to see people as Jesus saw people. That only happens when we're intentional with Jesus Sabbath is a great opportunity for Jesus to reorient your world around him. And I believe he will give a greater awareness and perspective of the people who also need to experience deep rest and the mercy of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the example of Jesus. I thank you that he redefines Sabbath that no longer is it a burden, but it's actually a grace from you. I pray we will find deep rest in you that our souls deeply need. I pray that our identity would be centered around you, Jesus, that we would be satisfied in you. I pray you would give us opportunity to extend mercy to others this week. We love you, and Lord, we worship you today. We lift this all 
In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.